The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Navigating the Cancer Maze with Grace Goller. Dealing with cancer is by no means easy to handle, but our program aims to make it easier through knowledge. Whether you've been recently diagnosed, are going through treatment right now, or are a survivor, our program will have points that you should hear. And by sharing our stories together, we'll make it truly a life-changing experience that you don't have to go through alone. Now, here is your host, Grace Goller. Welcome and good morning from Australia. Good afternoon in the USA to Navigating the Cancer Maze. A little bit of issue there with uh, my Skype this morning and hopefully that won't be a problem throughout the show today. Um, I'd like to thank everyone uh, who uh, wrote in and who gave me emails from last week, commented on some of my blogs uh, about last week's show with Professor Alex Crandon. If you missed that show and you're listening in today, I'd suggest that there's a lot of very, very valuable information and uh, you can go online and actually download the show on uh, Voice America website where you're listening to this show today. Check it out in the sidebar. Uh, he gave a lot of very valuable tips on women's cancers, gynecological cancers, aspects of treatment management and prevention. And there's a, a relatively connected topic that we're actually going to be talking about today. And uh, that is the, the chemical maze, uh, the one that we are actually living in and the one that we actually know is causing a lot of cancers um, in our environment. Now, the advice is with this one, I think it's really good to be proactive. It's important when one talks about these things too, not to uh, be fearful, not to be paranoid about living in the world because this is actually the world that we live in. But I think there's a few tips that we can uh, know about that can make this world a little more easy uh, to live in in terms of our cancer risks and chemical and environmental exposures. So I'm always a great one for knowledge is power and uh, consumer power is very powerful indeed. So in today's show, there's going to be lots of valuable take-home tips again. Um, there'll be information about cancer prevention, health promotion, and uh, about the products that are on the market today, uh, particularly hormone disruptors. We're actually going to have a look um, through today's show at some of the different cancers and cancer types and look at the chemical connections. So if you have these products in your home, um, these chemicals, it does empower you to uh, make a change and to become the conscious consumer. 
If after today's show you would like a summary, a written summary, I will be able to provide that for you because we are going to be talking about some chemical names. And if you'd like that information accurately, please email me, institute at gracegawler.com. You can just click here on the website and I'll be able to give you that information. So basically in 2013, I think it's a real challenge um, to reduce our contact with man-made chemicals and environmental pollutants. They're everywhere. We can't all go up onto a, a hillside and live the perfect lifestyle in the uh, pollutant-free environment. So we have to find a way that we can adapt and perhaps evolutionary-wise, eventually that may happen. But in the meantime, um, we can reduce the risk by reducing our exposures. And uh, the plain truth is you just cannot avoid it. But uh, let's see if we can make some impact today and provide a few solutions. I think very much we're dependent upon government regulators and uh, the honesty of our manufacturers. It's a good thing lately. Have you noticed how many public issues surrounding integrity are coming and being aired in the light of day? There's a lot of information that's coming out that is saying, wow, um, what we thought was so we were lied to or we didn't get the right information about that. And I suppose uh, certainly in sport, the doping and sport issue, Lance Armstrong, and a really big issue that seems to be worldwide at the moment, is this bringing out of the truth. So actually I see that as quite a good time because when it comes to our safety and health matters, truth-telling by our manufacturers, by our producers and by the people who on-sell products to us is really, really essential. Now, the buzzword over the last maybe um, 10 years, a little bit before that, has been a, a word called corporate social responsibility. And there's a really, really great story that um, whenever I say the word corporate social responsibility, I'm reminded of this gentleman um, born in the USA. It's the story of Ray Anderson, and it's one that's actually always inspired me. Uh, he led the field really in terms of early corporate social responsibility because in 1994, Ray Anderson actually founded Interface, um, which was a, uh, a carpet manufacturing business, um, but he he founded it in 1973, but actually he founded a new version of it in 1994. Now, he was influenced by a book he read, which was The Ecology of Commerce by Paul Hawken. It's always inspiring to me when, uh, you know, you write a book and being an author, when you think that that book can go out there and make so many positive changes in the community. And indeed, Paul Hawkins' book at the time did. So Ray Anderson had been a carpet tile manufacturer and this book really gave him an aha moment. And he really bit the bullet and uh, had this new version um, of his company, a new vision of his company. And uh, by the deeds and the things that he did in that company, he made changes to the way the company um, acted, its way it was um, manufacturing, uh, the way it was doing its profiting, uh, the products, the places. He really pioneered a way of doing business ethically. And the idea that he had was to limit the uh, footprint 
that he actually had in the environment by making his products as user-friendly as possible. He sent people down to uh, the Amazon to study um, the floor of the forest and uh, get ideas from that. And that's really was uh, also pioneering what we now know as biomimicry, which is um, touted around a lot during um, environmental circles these days. So uh, all of this and then pioneering ways of recycling his valuable resources meant that he turned over a business that was very successful and today is still going, even though he's passed away in uh, 2011. He's left behind a great legacy for a model for a business that can be sustainable, profitable and produce products that are not going to be toxic to the people who buy those products. So uh, I think that is a, a fantastic model. If you want to know more about Ray Anderson, check him out. There's some quite good uh, videos of him giving his talks. Apparently, he used to give hundreds of uh, talks every month um, to people in the industrialist environment, in corporate, trying to encourage people to follow his model. So this is where we can actually make real change because, yes, we can make change as consumers for what we buy, um, but it's very hard for us if we're buying uh, products that are toxic and there's not a large range of products out there from which to choose. So his book, um, actually wrote a great book called Confessions of a Radical Industrialist. So that's a really good title and uh, you can actually hear him talking about that book on YouTube if you type it in. So the model's here, it can be done and each and every one of us can make a difference. If you're listening today and you've, you've got cancer or you know someone who has, if you have a business um, or if you're just a consumer, just start really consciously thinking about the products that you buy, the impact on the environment and in particularly the impact on your environment, your um, inner environment. And remember that consumer power does influence policies. So, uh, you know, parliaments and uh, senates, your local uh, members, representatives of um, Congress, these are all people that you can actually um, influence by your choices. So I think it's really important to make some statements that you're not going to purchase products that are dangerous and you need to start asking questions about that. Um, you know, this used to be an issue for what was termed the greenies, uh, elite groups of thinkers, the cultural creatives, etc. But really, this is a proactive stance now that's needed from everyone. I see far too many patients with cancers, a lot of environmentally caused cancers uh, that we know of, and also occupational um, cancers where there is a known risk working in a certain environment. And there's ways and means of dealing with that too. Um, so today we're going to look at a lot of those ways and means and we're going to look at some of the things that you can actually do uh, to uh, make your life for your family healthier and safer. So just briefly, we're going to come back after our first break and, and uh, continue with these. But it's important to think about what you eat and what you use on your body. Uh, for you and the family. So it's very important to get educated and I'm going to give you a couple of fantastic resources today where you can actually go online and get reliable information. Again, not scaremonger information, but information that has been well-researched and uh, 
is going to empower you to be that conscious shopper, that conscious consumer. And uh, once you do that, you can actually impact the risk factors significantly. Once you're in your occupational um, um, environment, and I'll talk about a story later of a man I've just seen with a cancer of the tonsil um, who works in chemicals all the time and has avoided putting um, a, a hood to actually take out the fumes in his area where he's working. So, you know... Um, those things are very simple things. We just have to think about it. We just have to be conscious and uh, implement things. If we cannot get away from the toxic substance, we need to be able to implement things that make it safer to be around. And remember, it's what you're around the most, uh, what you're eating the most, uh, that's going to have the biggest impact on you. So we're going to be coming up to a break very soon on navigating the cancer maze and don't go too far away. Get a cup of tea, come back and listen. And just a reminder that this session today will be available from me on a PDF. And if you write to me at institute at com, I will be able to email that to you at no charge. Uh, so we'll be back now after the break with more of Navigating the Cancer Maze and looking at the chemical connection. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Nestled in the heart of Germany's Black Forest is a very special clinic where breakthrough cancer medicine is offered to cancer patients around the world. Hulvang Private Oncology Clinic is one of the leading establishments in biological cancer therapy. The clinic offers personalized cancer medicine, including genetic testing for detecting and applying targeted treatments. The clinic's ethic is to deliver treatments that are as conventional as necessary and natural as possible. For your personalized cancer treatment, please contact the clinic via their website at www.hulvang-clinic.com. That's H-A-L-L-W-A-N-G-clinic.com. Or call us in Germany at 490-7443-964240. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are tuned into Navigating the Cancer Maze with your host, Grace Goller. We'd love to hear from you today on our program. Please call us toll-free from North America at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. International callers may dial in to 480-553-5759. You may also send an email to institute at gracegoller.com. Now... Back to Navigating the Cancer Maze. We're back with Navigating the Cancer Maze and talking about the chemical connection, the risks of cancer. And we're going to look practically first of all now with the things that you can do. Um, we started talking about, before the break, thinking about what you're eating, uh, thinking about what you're using on, on your body, uh, both for you and the family. It's really important to get educated on this one. Um, another tip is ask store managers wherever you go, if you've got a supermarket or somewhere where you shop regularly, about sustainable and safe goods that they sell. Really important to let them know that you want these products for you and your family. And uh, 
The other one is get wise if you suspect environmental issues um, in your occupation. Be proactive, ask questions, learn about what's going on in your occupation. And if there can be any uh, mechanical things added, like we spoke about before the break with this gentleman in a chemical environment and now with a cancer that's known to be caused actually with some of the chemicals that, um, that he's using. Um, so it's not just often one cause either, of, as we know with cancer, but the chemical connection can make every, every cell in your body far more susceptible um, to getting cancer. And we're going to look at how, actually how that happens uh, later on in the show. Um, what I do when I'm shopping is I have some magnifying glasses, some magnifying specs, and uh, we actually shop with those. And if we do buy something that's canned or processed, which is not very often, we actually read the label really carefully. Um, now, you have to know, secondly, what those labels mean. So the food code numbers, there's a lot of little pocket size um, number codes that you can put in your handbag or your wallet. And if you have a little question about something in a food, you can actually read it. Now, for people that are allergic to certain products and nuts and celiac, this becomes a really um, important and life-saving thing. But just for us who are general consumers, um, learning about the numbers and learning about the ingredients and where they come from can actually make a huge difference. Now, no one's going to put on their food products that there's a pesticide content because nobody would buy it. Um, however, it's good to learn about the foods that do have a, a heavy pesticide exposure before they're actually processed. And uh, once again, if you email me, I will be able to provide you with lists of those foods uh, where we know that the chemical exposure is actually quite high, or I can provide you with some excellent websites where you can actually go to get that information. Um, sometimes when we have products that are imported, um, the chemical contaminants in other countries are often poorly regulated, uh, some countries more than others. So you want to be sure actually that the majority of your food comes from your locale, your local environment, um, supporting local growers. Uh, even if they're growers that have to use some pesticide on their product. And believe me, it's very hard today to find anything, even organic food, um, must have at some level some small amount of pesticide on it. But, you know, you can eat organic where you can. You can try and produce what you can. You can do the best you can. Um, it's important, again, not to be paranoid about that. But, uh, you know, we um, have foods in Australia that's very tricky to buy sometimes where it says that it's been packaged in New Zealand, but it's actually been grown and produced somewhere else. So in reading those labels, you have to get pretty tricky um, to be able to get the best information from them for your own health. Um, joining with groups cannot be a, a bad idea either. Um, you know, I used to be a bit anti the group thing because sometimes it caused people a lot of stress. But I think today there's a lot of really sensible groups around. And uh, Fran Drescher's Cancer Schmancer that we've spoken about here before, cancerschmancer.org, has got some great information with regard to this. And the other website is EWG, which is the Environmental Working Group, EWG.org. And we'll talk more about what they can offer you later in the show. Um, but they're good sources of reference. So with a few reliable sources, you can actually get quite a lot of um, very, very good information. 
Homegrown food, of course, whatever you can do in your own environment mightn't be a lot. Um, maybe fresh herbs in a pot uh, adds a bit of taste and vitality into your food and can actually have some therapeutic values as well. And I think the last one um, that I'll mention here, educating your children. I think this is really important. I have a, um, a little grandson who's four years old and he knows in the supermarket <laughs> what to eat and what not to eat. His mum's educated him really well. He's not fearful or paranoid, but he says, mummy, I shouldn't eat that because you know, that might not be good for me. Um, so I think when we can teach children these these things in the home um, about self-care, as they grow, it's going to have an impact on the choices that they might make. And we can train the opportunity to train children and educate children in the supermarket as to what's healthy is enormous. Um, and I think that's really quite empowering. As, as a grandmother, I'm quite proud that I've uh, been able to do that with my children and now that I have three grandchildren they're all very very savvy about what foods are good for them and um, what are not. Now I'd like to uh, move on to talking about some history particularly in um, in cancer because we're going to be looking at chemicals and causes and it's always good I find to start with a bit of history. So in thinking about today's show um, I remembered immediately from my own training uh, in my herbal medicine and in other trainings about the cancer of the scrotum issue in young boys. Now this was the first cancer, the first detected environmentally caused cancer. And it was in chimney sweeps in 1775. And they discovered that young boys who'd been put down the chimneys often wore very loose clothing. And uh, once they had enough soot actually on their body and it mixed with perspiration, um, these boys... Uh, developed a cancer of the scrotum, which was actually a squamous cell carcinoma. It's like a skin cancer that we, uh, well, this is a skin cancer that we get today. So they first got this kind of warty kind of sore and then it became cancerous. So good old Sir Percival Pott came along and he was the first person to demonstrate that a malignancy could be caused by an environmental carcinogen. And carcinogen simply means cancer-causing agent. So Pott's early investigations contributed to what we now know as the science of epidemiology, um, what is causing cancers in certain populations in certain areas, in other words. And guess what? It resulted in the Chimney Sweepers Act of 1788. Um, the cause of um, the uh, problem in creating the squamous cell carcinoma was eventually um, known to be coal tar and um, the coal tar from the soot and also some arsenic was um, discovered. So interesting decades later, uh, it was noticed that the same thing occurred in gas plant and oil shale workers. So it was found out that tar, soot, oil, the things we now know is called polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons, which is a very long word. We discovered that they caused cancer in laboratory animals. Um, there was another connection with spinners. And if you don't know what a mule is, it's a, it's a machine that spins um, cotton and fibre. And uh, this was used in the mills in Lancashire. And uh, the shale oil that lubricated the mule was actually found to be a cancer-causing agent in the people who were using the mule. Um, interestingly... All these uh, phenomena, as far as I could find in my research, were British. 
British phenomena. So this is at this time when we're going from being an, an agricultural society into an industrialist society um, and uh, the early on one with the soot and the chimney sweeps. But it's also interesting that in Germany, um, this ha didn't happen to the chimney sweeps. They must have realised it sometime before and sweeps actually wore really tight protective clothing um, in Germany so that the soot couldn't penetrate. Um, and I guess if you wanted to have a, uh, a little chimney sweep with a long shelf life, you looked after them and did this. So um, there was a lot of interesting material that was around this time in the causes of cancer. And if any of you have got um, my book, Women of Silence, you will actually find that the causes of cancer as listed in 1765 and particularly the causes of breast cancer were published in an old medical book that I have. I have um, said this on the show before and it um, goes through all of the causes as known then and it more looks at the emotional causes uh, by talking about excessive grief, fear, anger, religious melancholy, the depressing passions, um, people who are in monasteries were often afflicted with breast cancer. Um, they talk about food and uh, barrenness and women getting breast cancer at the change of life, etc. So if anybody wants to have a look at that, I can also, um, for interest, pass that on to you. Um, so in looking at um, cancer and its causes, and we know about the soot and the coal tar, etc. now, I'd like to first of all take a look at breast cancer. Um, because it ties in with what we've just been saying about what we know as the emotional walkway, sometimes into that illness. Um, there's many things that come together at one time to create an ideal cancer situation. So it's really important that you understand that uh, because people can get very fearful when we start talking around causes. But I think most experts certainly um, now agree that breast cancer is caused by a combination of genetic, hormonal, and environmental factors. So I did some research uh, for what's happening there in the USA and uh, it was really interesting that the NIEHS um, lists six main substances in its report on carcinogens that may cause breast cancer in humans. One was diethylstilbestrol, which is a synthetic estrogen. This was used to uh, prevent miscarriages uh, some time ago. So if people have had a contamination with this, an exposure to this some time ago, it could take a little while for um, that particular uh, substance to work its way out of the body. Um, there's been thoughts that that could carry over into uh, the next generation. So we've got a lot of the steroidal estrogens as no, the things that we use for menopausal therapy. Um, there's x-rays, there's gamma radiation. Alcohol comes in here too in excess. Of course, tobacco smoking, we, we all know that. Ethylene oxide is one that's not terribly well known, and that's a, um, a sterilising agent. So um, that's certainly one that's better avoided. Um, so again, once we know some of these things, it's possible to reduce contaminations. Um, I found it interesting that the ROC also listed 60 substances shown to cause mammary gland cancer in laboratory animals. 
So uh, we're going to take a break shortly and we're going to come back and have a look at um, those particular substances. We're going to look at prostate cancer and bowel cancer and brain cancer and we're going to look at what the possible environmental um, and chemical causes of those cancers might be. So we're going to be very back very soon with Navigating the Cancer Maze. I'm your host, Grace Gawler, and don't hesitate to contact me on my email through this website. Back soon. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Nestled in the heart of Germany's Black Forest is a very special clinic where breakthrough cancer medicine is offered to cancer patients around the world. Hulvang Private Oncology Clinic is one of the leading establishments in biological cancer therapy. The clinic offers personalized cancer medicine, including genetic testing for detecting and applying targeted treatments. The clinic's ethic is to deliver treatments that are as conventional as necessary and natural as possible. For your personalized cancer treatment, please contact the clinic via their website at www.hullvang-clinic.com. That's H-A-L-L-W-A-N-G-clinic.com. Or call us in Germany at 490-7443-964240. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. tuned into navigating the cancer maze with your host grace goller we'd love to hear from you today on our program please call us toll free from north america at 1-866-472-5792 that's 1-866-472-5792 international callers may dial in to 480-553-5759 you may also send an email to institute at gracegoller.com. Now, back to Navigating the Cancer Maze. Welcome back, and we're talking about the chemical substances that are known to cause cancer, particularly breast cancer. And uh, we're going to look now at some of the food additives and contaminants um, that can actually cause that particular kind of cancer. It's quite interesting to me when I've been looking through a lot of the literature that there are many, many known causes of cancer in laboratory animals. And, uh, of course, when people run trials, human beings have so many variations. It's very hard to do the studies. I mean, we do the double-blind crossover studies on many things, but there's so many variants um, when we're studying human beings, whereas if we're studying laboratory mice, they can be genetically bred to be standardised, and um, therefore they're used for many of these tests. And it's often a question I'm asked, well, well, why aren't we getting more information from the human studies? It's really not easy to bring up accurate studies on human beings when we're looking at this particular area. But I think uh, something that's uh, come up in the press quite recently, and it's not exactly a chemical contaminant, but it's the chemicals that can be created by cooking meats at high temperatures. And uh, there's quite a big push in the press these days for veganism and vegetarianism. Um, And 
in some ways, uh, you know, that, that can be a healthier diet if it's well constructed. Don't recommend vegan for cancer patients, but a, a fish sort of a diet, a Mediterranean diet where there's a small amount of meat um, and fish, I think they usually do the, the meats recommended three or four times a month um, and fish more often during the week. But we have to be very careful that we don't overcook fish and meat because the chemicals that are created from that are actually known cancer causes. Um, we have pharmaceuticals. Um, there's consumer and manufacturing products, which we hope are, are going to get less if people take the Ray Anderson approach. Flame retardants, um, chemical solvents, dyes, industrial chemicals, especially the ones that are used in vinyl, polyurethane, rubber, pesticides, um, is another big one. And, of course, the environmental pollutants that are formed from burning fuels. So most of these substances are known to cause tumours um, and also at other sites, not only in the breast tissue. So useful to uh, know the list and some of that list is going to be hard to avoid. I think keeping one's general well-being in as high a level as you can might make you a, or help to make you an inhospitable host uh, when it comes to these causes. There is a huge list. Some of the big ones that stand out in here are benzene. We talked about ethylene oxide before. The solvents, PVC, um, PCBs, where you've got the softened plastics. Uh, a lot of foodstuffs these days come in softened plastics. Find out from your manufacturer. Uh, we here at the Institute ring up quite a number of manufacturers and say, our clients are using this product, they have cancer, we need to know what you're using. Now, they're obliged to actually give you some breakdowns. And uh, we've had some very interesting and very honest information come back. And we're seeing that a lot of the uh, groups, the manufacturers out there are trying now this information is around. So just be very, very careful. If you have breast cancer um, and you've got the family there as well, you've got girls in the family or boys because indeed they're getting breast cancer now, uh, just be really aware of those soft plastics. Uh, the, the environment, uh, in terms of pesticides, if you're a gardener, just try to do that as naturally as you can. And if you do have to use anything, be sure to cover up if you're using sprays because some of the sprays, in fact, a good number of the sprays do have in them what we call a hormone disruptor. And we're going to talk about that uh, in a few minutes' time. Hormone disruptors can actually damage your DNA. Um, so avoiding those kinds of chemicals, just being very, very sensible, removing yourself from an environment if there is spraying going on. Um, I live uh, in an apartment building on an island, would you believe, um, on the Gold Coast, and they actually use a natural substance, a pyrethrum derivative here in spraying the car park, but I happen to be very allergic to it. So they give me a notice and I avoid the car park for the times when, uh, you know, it's being sprayed and for a few days later, and that's one way that I manage it. I might get a small contaminant, but it's certainly not enough to set off my problem. Um, now, what happens with all of this in our DNA damage? You know, DNA damage is common. There are studies that suggest that DNA in a single human cell gets damaged over 10,000 times per day. So isn't our body amazing that uh, it is actually doing something to try to cope with this? So it's not only the outside chemicals, of course. 
um, that cause that kind of DNA damage. But there are chemicals that we also make within ourselves. There's chemicals that come in from the processing of food, uh, which we've just talked about in being careful that the way that you don't overheat um, meats. So these substances, um, they create the DNA damage via what's called radicals or free radicals. Then they react in the DNA molecule and they change the base sequence and then you get the start of a mutation. And it's that mutation that causes the cell to then reproduce uncontrollably. Um, what happens is then that the cell's control mechanisms break down and you get all kinds of growth-promoting factors coming in. And eventually you get enough of those cells to actually form a tumour. Now, our, our body's uh, cells are actually very good. They're actually programmed for repairing this damage. Um, over the years, errors can accumulate in the, the DNA, and that was why cancer was always seen really as a disease of older people. You'd been around a long time, you'd probably been exposed to a lot of things, and um, you got cancer because of aging cells. And it's thought today that this aging process is now accelerated. It makes sense. So due to the huge number of environmental and chemical challenges we face every day, um, we are actually, our cells are actually getting damaged, not repairing quickly enough, we're aging faster. And it's interesting, isn't it, that we have the anti-aging movement with supplements and surgeries. It's the most popular weapon of choice um, but certainly much more to this puzzle than uh, meets the eye in terms of how we are going to deal with this situation with chemicals and environmental pollutants and aging and therefore cancer. Now I'd like to talk now for a minute about prostate cancer. Um, we've done breast cancer and I pro uh, yeah, probably the biggest thing to avoid there is the hormone disruptors. So I think um, they're kind of really the, the major known ones. Uh, for prostate cancer, there's a bit of news here for some golfers. And uh, there was a medical professor at the University of Iowa in the 90s and he was contracted by a group um, to... Run, run a sort of a study why um, superintendents at the golf courses had higher mortality from certain types of cancer. And he looked at lung and brain and non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, um, cancer of the large colon and prostate. And he discovered something quite interesting back then. Of the 30 most commonly used turf pesticides, he found that 19 caused cancer, 13 were linked to birth defects, and 21 can affect reproduction. 15 of them were nervous system toxicants. Now, we've talked on this program a lot about doses and um, everything's toxic. It's just the dose that matters. And some things have a, a, a lethal dose. Some things have a toxic dose. And other things you can have in small doses and the, the body can actually cope with it. And although this study was done um, in the 90s, uh, from my understanding, from uh, my own personal research and from reading other sources as well, there are still problems on some golf courses because of the type of turf that they have to use. Um, so there was a report published on this from the Attorney General's office. Um, I think it was uh, called Toxic Fairways, and it was done on Long Island um, golf courses. So they found, you know, that there was um, the potential for groundwater contamination from that. And interestingly, they found that 50,000 pounds of pesticides in one year, that's four or seven times the average amount of pesticides used in agriculture 
on a pound per acre basis were actually being used on the golf courses. So golf is a wonderful thing. Um, I do happen to give advice to a number of the prostate cancer patients that I see who are golfers, um, suggest that they wear gloves, suggest that they find out from uh, the superintendent from the golf club, often costs a lot to belong to a golf club. Um, be careful how you handle the golf balls. Be careful about hand-to-mouth contamination when you've been on the golf course. You may not get an intoxication from anything um, from the, the, the air, but you may get a contamination from the actual golf ball. Important to find out when the spraying is done on the course. And uh, just be really sensible with this. Uh, the source of that information comes from beyondpesticides.org. So if you type that in and look for the information on golf courses, um, that could be a very, very useful thing for you. Um, other things we know involved in prostate cancers, cadmium. Um, you can actually induce by giving people oral cadmium um, um, prostatic tumours. So uh, that's a really interesting one. The fungicide, the pesticides. Arsenic um, also is an endocrine disruptor. And uh, it's been found that arsenic can actually uh, contribute to prostate cancer. So once again, being careful, um, a lot of the products you might have on the shelf in the garage might contain arsenic in some form. Um, if you've got questions about the safety of this, there's many excellent, reliable uh, websites where you can type in the name of a product and actually bring up the carcinogenic um, risk that you're taking by using that product. I think it's better to err on the side of safety and uh, sometimes a few bugs on the plants are actually worthwhile having rather than taking the risk. Um, the other possible cause um, in prostate cancer and breast cancer, and this one has had a lot of debate, is DDT. Um, now, I don't think DDT is the best thing for anybody to have. There's uh, so many different studies that have so much conflicting information in them. Um, I think DDT, of course, is better avoided. It's banned in some places, still used in others. Um, and there's enough information about there about uh, DDT to say be careful and uh, keep it out of our environment where we can. Easier said than done because DDT was wonderful when it first came in and it was sprayed everywhere. It was sprayed over, um, you know, children's kindergartens. We were going to get rid of the bugs um, that were in our environment. But I believe that it can be found in the polar ice caps when they've been doing analysis. So it's literally gone around the world. Um, but we don't want to be having concentrations of things like that in, in our um, environment and our diet. Okay, we've come to yet another break on navigating the cancer maze and we'll be back shortly and talking about bowel cancer and some of the chemical triggers there. Back soon. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. 
Nestled in the heart of Germany's Black Forest is a very special clinic where breakthrough cancer medicine is offered to cancer patients around the world. Hulvang Private Oncology Clinic is one of the leading establishments in biological cancer therapy. The clinic offers personalized cancer medicine, including genetic testing for detecting and applying targeted treatments. The clinic's ethic is to deliver treatments that are as conventional as necessary and natural as possible. For your personalized cancer treatment, please contact the clinic via their website at www.hullvang-clinic.com. That's H-A-L-L-W-A-N-G-clinic.com. Or call us in Germany at 490-7443-964240. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. tuned into Navigating the Cancer Maze with your host, Grace Goller. We'd love to hear from you today on our program. Please call us toll-free from North America at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. International callers may dial in to 480-553-5759. You may also send an email to institute at gracegoller.com. Now, back to Navigating the Cancer Maze. Hi, Grace Gawler here, and we're back today talking about bowel cancer and uh, some of the chemical triggers that maybe or some of them are known to be involved in the development of bowel cancer. We know that with bowel cancer, there is a hereditary background for some people. We know that if you have polyps, that there's actually a higher risk of those becoming cancerous. We know that uh, some of the foods that we ingest, as we talked about before, particularly um, the meats, overcooked meats, burned meats, um, you know, things that have been really uh, charred up on the barbecue that might taste wonderful but are very bad for your health. Um, some of these foods also contain nitrates and uh, nitrosamines, which are some of the preservatives that are in meats. And I know there's a lot of butchers around these days who are very careful um, with this. And I think it's really wise to look for those those meat cuts and those butchers so that you can uh, get safer, um, safer cuts of meat. And uh, remember that it's up to you then once you take the meat home or the fish home, what to actually do with it. I will be covering this in a very special program about food um, sometime in the next three or four weeks where we're going to look at preparation of food and um, how you can cut cancer risk specifically by the sorts of foods that you're eating and uh, what you can actually do in terms of getting knowledge in the kitchen, the science of the kitchen. So we also know in bowel cancer that there's uh, herbicides and pesticides are definitely involved there. We know that some heavy metals um, are involved. Uh, dioxin is involved. Uh, trans fats. Trans fats very important one to know about. So cut down your level of takeaway food. You know, you don't have to cut it out completely. Our body can actually take care of a, a number of uh, these substances. It's when it gets into overwhelm. But um, processed foods uh, that you buy, uh, you know, the good old fish and chips and things that are fried up, um, they're often uh, trans fats. 
and they're very, very bad indeed as cancer-causing agents. There's countless other chemicals that may be responsible um, for causing bowel cancer. Nobody knows what the interaction of all of these chemicals together are. And that's actually a really important point across the board because it, um, it might be that you're wearing a fragrance for the day, but you've put on other body products and lotions um, that also have lots of chemicals. Some of these products actually have thousands of chemicals in them. Um, so you've got to be particularly aware of things that have the, the fragrance, the artificial fragrance. A lot of our young people are using these products today. Um, try to find these products with as fewer ingredients as possible and be sure that they've got the most natural things in them that you can possibly buy. Um, I know uh, when I get in our elevator here at our building, uh, some of the young girls' perfumes cause me, I don't have asthma, but causes me to gasp once I get in the elevator because of the intensity of the chemical um, smells in there. So we're doing a lot to ourselves as well. We can't put all the blame out there. And if, um, if we buy these products, we really need to become aware consumers and say no more. Uh, we're going to look for the better product. Um, the other thing that uh, we need to just mention briefly with bowel cancers is certainly the viral impact. And uh, Professor Alex Crandon talked about the viral impact in gynecological cancers last week. We know there's a viral impact certainly in colorectal cancer. And that's been some changes too in sexual practices that uh, has been responsible for the HPV virus actually getting into the, um, the rectal lining and creating a problem there and uh, causing bowel cancer. So in this year alone, a lot of the, um, in fact, the majority of the colorectal cancers that I've seen have had an HPV-16 involvement in them. So uh, a good bit of information and tip there. I'd uh, like to move on um, in this last segment with brain tumours and environmental issues because this is quite a big one. I also see a lot of people in my practice with brain tumours. Um, there's been reports. It's, the brain's kind of a funny one. You know, it's not a lot really known um, about it. We know there's a blood-brain barrier, which is selective, and it lets certain things through, and it keeps other certain things out. Um, and uh, that keeps our brain as in a healthier condition as, as we can. And there have been some uh, research, some very good research reports, actually, that say that consumption of fruits and veggies, um, vitamin C and E, um, can protect against some kinds of brain tumours. Um, interestingly, if people have asthma or eczema or allergies, they're said to be protective, and that's been found in the research. Um, a small amount of malignancies have genetic familial components, and perhaps the largest one in question is ionising radiation. Um, therapeutic doses is a risk factor, um, and certainly if you've had ionising radiation, that's something that you should keep a careful, um, a careful watch on and uh, be monitored. Don't, uh, don't cheat on going back and having those scans and tests from time to time. One of the popular um, causes that's been touted over the last few years is the use of cellular phones. Again, the jury's out on this. Um, there's obviously uh, some very big uh, financial interests in that one. Um, High-frequency power lines as well as cell phones been in the news a lot. I think it's better to avoid the exposure. I actually have a, um, a, a bionic device that operates my 
Poland, and those of you who've listened to the show before will know that. And I can actually have my programming on my device changed if I go um, underneath a group of uh, a large group of these pylons. There's been a lot of veterinary research um, done too that cows and animals that are under the pylons uh, have higher incidence of diseases, and there's been some direct correlations in some studies with brain tumours. I've had many people um, come to the um, the clinic and say. I always have my cell phone on my left ear. I've, I've got an astrocytoma or a glioma there. Do you think it's got anything to do with it? Um, I think it's better to err on the safe side, and I think it's better not to carry phones actually on our body where possible. Um, there are a whole lot of safety uh, guidelines that you can access around this. I think it's very sensible um, to actually do something about it yourself and avoid the exposures. And by the way, I can't use a cell phone for the same reason as the pylon. So we know it's having some kind of interference. Once again, if you want more information about this, you can certainly write to me. I've got a lot of references about this. But the jury's out, um, unfortunately, to say definitively um, what's actually going on. Leukemias and lymphomas, benzene directly connected, herbicides and pesticides uh, are definitely connected. Um, occupational risks also uh, for leukemias and lymphomas. And in some of the sports medicine issues, which have been coming up lately, uh, some of the drugs in sport um, can actually be linked to lymphomas. And there was a report done on that from a UK sports medicine journal uh, back in the mid-90s. Um, the herbicides and pesticides issue, again, it's the same deal as before, just to avoid the contamination. Interesting one is cleaning up after floods. Now, we've had uh, substantial floods here in Australia, so there's been a lot of asbestos. Um, asbestos to be avoided at all causes and uh, a lot of buildings these days are pulled down, um, some appliances that used to have asbestos in them. Please, please, that's one, a big one to avoid. Uh, we are now seeing people from the uh, Cyclone Yasi two years ago uh, who are turning up with asbestos-related diseases and um, cancers, uh, some lung cancers as well as other types of cancer. Now, I want to mention the resources for you um, to look at for the show. We've mentioned cancersmanta.org and also uh, EWG. EWG are doing fantastic work. Please, please support them. I was hoping to interview someone from EWG today. We're going to try and do it on a, another um, session. But they have a website. You can search more than 79,000 products. You can just type in your product and it comes up with a little um, sort of grid, a little color code to say how safe your product is. And we're looking at Things in the home, things in the in your makeup, your skincare, hair products, nails, fragrances, babies' products. Um, they've done a tremendous amount of work. They do a lot of fundraising in order to do this work. So please, please use as your resource one of the key ones, ewg.org, after listening to today's show. Once again, if you need any information from me or any follow-up, don't hesitate. Institute at 
www.cancerhub.com. So we're going to close our Navigating the Cancer Maze for another week. And I look forward to being back with you next week when we're talking about um, blood clotting, especially important for cancer patients and especially important if you're a cancer patient who does air travel. So I'll be talking to a vascular surgeon, Dr. John Singh, and uh, we'll be looking at all the aspects to do with blood clotting and what people can do about it. So it'll be great to see you next week once again on Navigating the Cancer Maze. Be an informed consumer and uh, have a wonderful week. Until next time. Bye for now. Thank you again for listening to Navigating the Cancer Maze. Please join your host, Grace Goller, again next Friday at 12 noon U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Remember, cancer is not something you have to face alone. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.